When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm Pete Buttigieg, and this is The Deciding Decade. I think a lot about storytelling as an art form in politics and beyond politics. We communicate so much through sharing experiences, real lived experiences, and fictional experiences. So much meaning in my life, and I'm sure in yours, has been fed or informed or nourished based on stories that I've heard and read or watched. And one nuance here is that white audiences and viewers often don't have to reflect on how frequently and disproportionately often we see ourselves in the content we consume. Our journeys and possibilities are most often reflected back to us by people who look like us. Not to make this about politics, but like many, I have found myself emotional when I see young girls, black or South Asian especially, reacting to Senator Kamala Harris, the first black and Indian American woman on a presidential ticket. And you can see the possibilities in young people's eyes when they look at her. 
Whether it's real or fictional, full representation matters hugely in government, in boardrooms, in stories, in books, certainly in film and media. But there are a lot of people like my guest today breaking barriers on this front, making it so entertainment actually reflects the diversity of our country and in our stories. I'm excited to welcome John Chu today, the path-breaking film director who brought the wonderful Crazy Rich Asians to our screens, which was, I believe, the highest grossing romantic comedy of the 2010s and the first film since 1993's Joy Luck Club by a major Hollywood studio with the majority Asian cast in a modern setting. A visionary director, a great storyteller who has a fascinating and important story of his own, John Chu is one of the creators who is leading the charge on achieving more equitable and accurate representation in film and media, and someone I believe we're going to continue to see a lot of very exciting and important things from over the coming decade. John, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, it's an honor to be here with you. I want to start just by uh, asking you how you feel like your relationship to film as a discipline might have evolved this year that has turned our lives upside down. We're inside, <laughs> right? Uh, production has changed or halted. On the other hand, people are watching movies probably more, but in different ways. Has it changed the way you think about what it means to be involved in film and media? Yeah. I mean, first of all, on just a life level, it put everything in perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, we were in the middle of, sh of finishing a movie in the Heights, yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, uh, amazing Broadway show. And, you know, when you're in it as a director, you throw everything into it. You're ignoring everything in the world. The world can be on fire, which it was, and you're and you're not paying attention. All of a sudden it gets taken away from you. And, uh, you know, you, you realize the important things and, and the priorities come to the top. But definitely... Uh, put everything in perspective. It also, though, really showed me throughout all of this time as people are consuming more and um, needing hope and inspiration, the power of storytelling. Um, and even in communication of what's going on, storytelling is so important about what our country is, who we are, what is being American. And these are the things that I, you know, you take for granted, even when you're in the business. Yeah. Um, and then the third part is the actual business itself that the theaters are are actually closing down. The reality that this tradition that we've had with our families and friends for so long is actively disappearing. And so I think all three of those are a lot to uh, take in, but that's sort of on the top level of, of what has really uh, come into the forefront of my mind. Do you have a feel for what the other side of it looks like? I mean, one of the things I'm thinking about in, in politics right now, right, is I'm campaigning by Zoom. And I got to think, you know, we can't wait to get back to where we can safely gather in person. You know, it's, it's the bread and butter of campaigning is meeting people, being around other people, gathering people. Yeah. But I'm sure there are some elements of this we're going to keep. You know, we probably don't need to move quite as much metal and people around as we're used to doing. And so the future is going to be different. How, how do you kind of look into that future? And are you concretely preparing for just a changed industry because of what's happened right now? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I grew up in the Bay Area, in Palo Alto, mm -hmm. uh, in the 80s, before it was the Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley. So I know the power of technology. Um, I was get my parents have a restaurant there. Uh, it's been there for yeah. 50 years, a Chinese restaurant, still there to this day. And customers who would come in would give my parents computers and software because they knew their youngest kid was into editing videos. So I got digital video in the mid 90s before any kid my age 15, 16 could even should have that, those things. Um, and so it empowered me. It gave me a voice of something. You know, I wasn't that great at sports. I wasn't that great of a lot of things. But for some reason, editing and video, I could observe things and, and express myself. And so to me, 
uh, the power of technology has always been a huge part of my life. I've embraced, you know, people say, oh, social media makes you more alone and all these. And yes, there are there are aspects to that. But I also know that it also connects us in very real ways. And so when we're forced to now have these things, so, you know, have Zooms and edit remotely, we've had to uh edit my movie remotely. We were all very separate and it just took more time. But I love that it pushes things forward. I just think progress can't be stopped in that. I think how we use that progress is going to be uh, the big war. I think that's where people like you who utilize it, people like myself and other other people who are using it, whether it's to show their new dance move or to uh, make some sort of statement, those people are going to be the ones who are programming who we are in that next. So I, I, I'm really excited about it in terms of film. Yeah, we're sh- or I'm about to shoot a pilot uh, for ABC in the end of November. So we're getting ready for that way of life, which is everybody's in pods, uh, like group A, group B, group C. And um, we have certain rules of how when we were location scouting, we did it virtually. We can't be within six feet of each other. So we go into locations separately. Uh, we get tested uh, right now every week, but during shooting, it'll be uh, almost every day, I believe. We haven't got the full protocols yet. Uh, and I think a lot of it will stay for sure. But I think that we are human beings and we always find ways to connect. That's what we're driven by. Yeah. So. So I love this image of you growing up. Your your parents have a restaurant, uh, which becomes a, a very well-known restaurant, Chef Choose. Yes. <laughs> and I love this image of you as a kid, teenager, getting to know people through the restaurant. What was that like? Your parents immigrated to this country. It's a, in many ways a classic American dream. Did you feel like you were kind of being raised by a whole community of, of customers or was it more just kind of your parents' workplace or how did that all fit together in your upbringing? Yeah, I was definitely, and the, I'm the youngest of five. So I got all the benefits of <laughs> those other years of them being in the community. Uh, yes, it was my immediate family, obviously, my brothers and sisters. My mom is from a family of six. They all came over when my mom was 19 years old and she's the oldest. So they grew up in America, not knowing the language for uh, that first part of their life. Uh, but they came here because of its greatness of, of, of you pursuing your dreams, that you can do anything, even if you don't speak the language. And my dad had that too. He came, uh, they met in the Bay Area. Uh, they started that restaurant with nothing. And my dad always said, like, I remember one time I saw seeing my dad, you know, customers who come to a restaurant, you know, they treat waiters and uh, hosts however they want to treat them. And I watched them treat my dad poorly one day. And it just mm. broke my heart. This is your dad. This is like, yeah. the guy. And I came up to him upset. And he's like, don't ever be upset. He's like, we can't be upset. We actually were ambassadors to our whole community. A lot of people here uh, have never met a Chinese family before. And we need to show them that we are kind and loving. And we need to give that back to them because the next Chinese family they're going to see, they're going to re- react to how they know us. And so we need to do that for the next Chinese family. So that always meant wow. a lot to me and in, in how I carried myself. That has both good sides and also bad sides to that advice. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's what they had to do. So there's something really powerful about this idea of your father viewing himself as a representative of, of the whole Chinese community. I can't help but think of how that telescopes out into your future, right, where you are renowned director John Chu. You're also famous Asian director John Chu. You know, how do you think about all of the ways that both within an Asian community, which by the way is also incredibly diverse within itself, and a broader Hollywood community or even a global film community sees you. Do you, do you think you have that same sense of obligation or responsibility that propelled your father in that way? Or do you feel like you're in tension with it? 
Um, I didn't at first, you know, when you're the only Asian in the room, you, the last thing you want to talk about is being Asian in the room. Um, and so for years, I, and also as an Asian American, that identity hasn't really been defined, at least in the eighties and nineties. Like <laughs> it was sort of like, you're either just come here or you're not, and you're what they call banana. And so those things to me, I always felt other, no matter what, but yeah. you know, our parents teach us to ignore that stuff. So by ignoring it, you just move on with your life. There was a certain point where I realized that I had gotten here because of all the people who had fought for me, from scholarships to organizations, to mentors, to even my parents who uh, went out of their way to make sure I had opportunities that they did not. The last thing I really wanted to deal with was my cultural identity crisis. But when you're older, getting older, then you realize that these things are a part of your storytelling, whether you want it to be or not. And so I also was doing movie, a lot of movies and none of them fully fulfilled who I was as, as an artist. And so I started to search for that. And it always came back down to my cultural identity crisis. It always came back to this thing of feeling alone. And it wasn't until YouTube, really, watching all these Asian American creators make stuff on YouTube and they talk like me, they walk like me, they dress like me, and they were... Asian through and through and proud of it and like the same food and we had the same memories. And that that was really empowering for me. I got to, you couldn't unsee that. Um, you couldn't unsee on Twitter, hashtag starring John Cho, which was this yeah. uh, thing that came up that they put John Cho on posters of movies. And I was in the movie business already. So when I saw his face on it, a light just literally just clicked in my brain. It was an, in an instant that I was like, oh yeah, why, why isn't that possible? And then as I went through all my meetings I've been to, and I realized, oh, it wasn't possible because they keep saying it's not possible. And I'm at a, in a position where I can actually make it possible. I've made enough money for these studios. I could probably sneak one in for me so I could pick anything to do. And I could say that I'm, it's going to make money. I don't know if it really is, but I can say it and I think I can get it yeah. through. And that's when I found Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, yeah. And it was a perfect blend of spectacle yeah. Uh, something that could be theatrical, but also this idea of an Asian American going to Asia for the first time. Like to me, that was my story. Even if that wasn't what the book necessarily was all about, to me, that's what this story could be all about. Going to Taiwan for the first time and feeling like, oh, when I go into a store, they treat me like a cousin. And I don't feel that here. And I don't know why, even though I love it here, why do I feel that? And then they call you Guaylo, which is you know, white devil over there. So then I'm like, oh, I'm not a part of this either. So who are we here? And then knowing that there's a lot of us out there, like this was a great opportunity to, I don't know, to, to represent what an Asian American actually is. And that's okay to kick the tires of culture, of tradition, and also embrace it and love it. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? 
HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So... You direct your first major feature film in 2008, Step Up to the Streets, and then Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, Now You See Me Too. There's a, a, a lot that kind of leads you to Crazy Rich Asians, but Crazy Rich Asians yeah. is a whole different level. How, how'd you get from where you started to there in the space of a decade? Um, well, I was 
I got very lucky coming out of film school. I made a short musical film that um, got people's attention. This was before YouTube. So this was on VHS tapes or DVDR that we would do in our dorm room. Mm. Uh, and Steven Spielberg saw it. So when Steven Spielberg sees it, I'm 21, 22 years old. Uh, the whole industry uh, is like, who's this kid? So I got attached to some stuff early. Mm. Um, it wasn't until five years later where I actually made my first movie, but all those five years were really important for learning how to develop and work with writers and mm. and work with a studio making those the next six movies over the course of eight nine years i didn't know who i was as an artist mm. like this is me just like learning how to make a movie in general i'd never made a music video or a commercial i'd literally gone from wedding videos bar mitzvahs to student films and now making you know 20 million dollar 30 million dollar movies for a big studio so and then at a certain point i was like Oh, I've done all these movies and they've all made a lot of money. I've worked with The Rock and Morgan Freeman, but who actually am I? Mm. Actually, my friend, a very good friend said to me, John, you have the best life because you've made people money. You have money. You're great. You're fine. But nobody knows your name and nobody knows what you are. So you're sort of like you're living the ish life. And that's the best. You can go out. do." And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and then I kept thinking about it. I was like, I think that's not good. Mm. I was like, I don't want to be ish. Like this is... <laughs> That's so terrible. What is making me ish? Why am I doing things that are safe? Why? What is it that I bring that no one else can bring? What's a movie that I only I can make? Um, and like I said before, that that was a moment where I was already dealing with my sort of cultural identity crisis. And I went looking, and I actually found In the Heights and Crazy Rich Asians mm. at the same time. Signed up for Crazy Rich uh, In the Heights first because wow. the immigrant story, the story of a of a home and a community spoke volumes to me even though i wasn't i'd never been to washington heights lynn's music and his story was exactly my story and this idea that it also was very patriotic like when the american dream is being attacked like i am living proof that the american dream is real when say when people say that's not what america is i'm like that's exactly what made me i would have ne i could never have this story anywhere else my parents could never have that story so anyway that's that's sort of what led me to those things and i thought they were going to be two projects for myself and weren't going to make any money and then i was going to crawl back and do another studio thing but luckily they um they hit a nerve of i think what a lot of people were feeling uh, around the world so you didn't come into this knowing that this was going to be the big commercial success that was going <laughs> to no. kind of vindicate your your decision. You just believed in it and thought you'd do it even if it wasn't going to do as well kind of monetarily. Yeah. I actually literally told my agents and managers like, so I just need like a few years to not make us any money just to like make for people know who I am <laughs> and what I'm about. And I had made a student short. The only time I ever made a short about being Asian American was in college and it was for my senior movie and it was called Guaylo and um, we showed it and everybody loved it. But I felt so um, vulnerable watching it. I felt very uncomfortable watching it. So to do actually a bigger movie on that same subject, I felt like I was just in a different place in my life. And I could maybe the maybe the thoughts started back then, but I sort of processed it through all that time. So what was the discomfort? Was it? not being sure which audience would respond well? Were you thinking of your family? Were you thinking of just kind of mainstream audience and, yeah. and what they'd make of it? Why, why do you think it felt uh, difficult to watch? I think there's a lot of all those things. I, I think I was taught to not complain. So the idea that I, I was exploring this idea of how you felt 
um, with, if people said something to you or did something, you felt like it, it didn't help anything. It, why? What's the point of this? Um, talking about how when you brought your dumplings to school, people would complain how it smells. So you would dump, I would dump my mom's dumplings in a bush before getting to school. I found out that everyone has this story. Um, but really? at the time, I did. But you talked to other people who had that exact same experience. Oh yeah, it's like a thing. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, the 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 dumpling dumping story. Like everyone has that. At least Asian Americans, like your mom is going to feed you. You're, they're going to give you food, and they're going to give you Asian food before you go because that's what they know. And then no one at school understands why your locker smells, and they're going to look at you, and now you are the guy that smells or whose food that smells. So you just get rid of that part. So I think all those things, like bringing all of that up, uh, I didn't want to hurt my family. I didn't want to also like hurt my own focus on like who I am. But I think at a certain point, you realize you didn't want to deal with it because you didn't know anyone else was going through that. And I think when I think about my that kid back then, I wish he knew that um, there's a lot of you out there and it's okay. So you have huge success with crazy rich Asians, but then with success comes another kind of challenge, right? Which is expectations, especially when you're a first, when, when people haven't seen this kind of Asian representation in a long time. Uh, you know, even though it's a, it's a huge success and so many people in such a moving way see themselves represented, you're also coming in for criticism. You didn't tell the whole story of Singapore or, you know, the casting wasn't all like the right kinds of Asians. And I've noticed in the way you responded to that at the time, some incredibly generous and, and thoughtful takes on your part. And I wonder if you just share them here, kind of how, what it was like seeing that kind of criticism amid the success and then how you went about responding to it. First of all, Asia doesn't want me to represent them. Uh, Asian Americans are a little more okay with it, but even them, they, they you know, they're so so on it. I, I think it's great. Like how nice that we can actually debate how we want ourselves to be represented because we actually have opportunities to do that. How great we can debate casting choices and what kind of stories do we want for the future and what we want now and what is entertaining and what is commercial. And that, I don't ever blame anyone. It took me a little bit, but I really don't blame anyone for coming after me, even when I was making the movie, it's hard to cast because everyone's judging you on who you're casting and how you're casting. And you're just like, I'm just trying to make, just, I'm staying focused on trying to make this thing. Hold <laughs> on. I, I blame the lack of representation on that. To me, I'm like, yeah, you should be angry. You should be sensitive and you should speak up for what you think because we're doing it now. Like we're creating what I think our children will see as what we think it should be like. And maybe they'll disagree and break that as well. But like right now there's no rules and it can't just be me. It needs to have so many more storytellers, which will also ease the tension. You can go attack that person and that person. Um, <laughs> but in the end of the day, we're still accomplishing the same thing, which is let's show all the shades of gray that we are. Let's show that we are not China. We are not the Chinese government. We are not, Japan. We're not any of those things. At least Asian Americans are Asian American. We're very unique in this. We have feet in several different worlds. And, um, and I think that that's really unique and special. And, um, and what I used to dump out in the bushes of my school now, you know, you have to line up for $15 dumplings down the street here at the Grove. Like I was going to say, that's one of the things that shocks me about the story. <laughs> dumplings are amazing. Exactly. <laughs> things change when people, when people yeah. actually see it. And, and I think that's, what's, has changed me most is like, oh, my job is, um, well, what, number one is to entertain. We're, that's what we are as storytellers. But two, yeah. make things that people can't unsee. That is the only role of, of going to a theater and someone paying you money to sit in the dark room and look up at this light flashing at them and saying, tell me what I need to know. 
and you have an opportunity for two hours where they're not looking at anything else except hearing and listening to you, where you get to share, this is where I come from. This is what I go through. And guess what? I bet you go through the same thing, even though we look different. And isn't that beautiful that we can, we're going to get through this together? To me, that's the, the great power of art is it lets us, something we can relate to helps us imagine something we can't, right? And it's this amazing gift in storytelling. And it's interesting as you describe your relationship to In the Heights, which, uh, as you say, in one way you relate to very intimately as an immigrant-driven experience. On the other hand, this is about a part of New York that you hadn't spent time in. It's a largely Latinx and Black experience. So how did you think about kind of grabbing hold of experiences that are yours and branching out in experiences that are so different? And how does that make In the Heights a different project than, than Crazy Rich Asians? Well, I was very lucky to have someone like Lynn manuel Miranda and Kiara, who wrote the uh, book and and wrote the script, even Lynn's dad, Louise. I mean, they're based, they're the, the mayors of that area, basically. Um, so I, I got a great um, people to give me a tour, to walk me through everything, to be there every day. I felt like more of a steward in a way. Like I knew how to make this entertaining and fun. I also understood this, the how to find your home and, and redefining your own home. I did not know any of the specific character real life sort of situation. So so it was a very open format. Like we really created a forum so that any of the actors that said, hey, you know what, that sauce wouldn't be on this table. Like they should be able to say that. And we say, okay, what sauce would be on there? Well, we'd have this one and this one. Someone would make a homemade one and they'd have in their back pocket. Okay, let's do that. Let's take the hour. Let's not shoot. Let's do that right. Oh, you know what? The food wouldn't be on the table. It'd actually be over there. And they'd be sitting uh, on, on the floor and on the staircase just because they never fit and all the chairs would mismatch. Okay, we're going to do that. I think the form in which these conversations are not just about, hey, we got to shoot, we got time, we got, we're losing money. And instead of like, we've got to do this right. What have you never seen? And what would actually happen here? That was really, really beautiful. And this, and shooting in Washington Heights helped tremendously because you got that feedback everywhere you went, whether you wanted to or not. When they say Heights in your heart, it truly is. That community is so tight. They treat you like family for good and for bad. And so I loved uh, being a part of of just translating that to the audience. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock Technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider.
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup in the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. One of the big plot points in the Heights course is the, this blackout yeah. um, that kind of just stops everything. Yeah. Wait, right? you're a fan of In the Heights, right? You know this. I mean, I use totally. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely. think I read that somewhere. Yes. I guess I'm just wondering how an audience is going to think about uh, a massive intervening event that, in that case, was something that played out in a matter of hours. But you know, we're living through this massive intervening event, right? That can drive us apart or bring us together or both. It's going to create a whole new echo which is what great art can do, you know, not even knowing what future audiences will be dealing with, I guess. The whole context of the movie has shifted when we were making it. Hmm. And now uh, we were supposed to come out this summer. So it is crazy when we watch it now. It's not like these issues have not been there. They've always been there. So the idea that they were forgotten during this blackout. And by the way, when I came into the project, I was like, hold up, let's talk about the blackout. Why do we need to have a blackout? <laughs> Everyone's like so dramatic hmm. about this blackout, but like, we got blackouts all the time. It's not that crazy. And like what people burning things and things like, like fireworks, really? And he's like, John, you have to, he walked me through like what happens. And, and he actually said something really interesting. He's like, it's actually not just chaos. It's like, it's actually freedom. Like people come out and they go to the place mm. that they want to go to. They go to their friends, they go to their f- family's house and they play dominoes. They play uh, bingo, whatever it is they want. And then kids have fireworks and they're going off and people in their motorcycles are going off. And so we love, I love watching that. And actually the music and that 
the contrast between the two is really beautiful to watch. And now the sounds of the fireworks being in LA, hearing fireworks for so many nights um, in this past summer, and also being in West Hollywood where the protests were happening and where suddenly, you know, police cars were on fire and stuff and getting my family actually uh, out of there was really something I'd never experienced in my life. So suddenly Blackout had this whole, whole new context to me. Everyone who watches the movie will now watch Blackout and have a, a reference point for it. And that's incredible. I mean, the other thing about an intervening event is it gets our attention or it redirects our attention. Yeah. Part of what a filmmaker does is you, you get somebody's attention, right? And then you mm -hmm. have it for two hours, which oddly is actually probably the, one of the longer periods of time <laughs> that modern yes. humans spend paying attention to one thing <laughs> anymore. Do, do you think much about that, that question of kind of how to hold attention, what to do with it, what responsibilities we have over our own, where we pay attention, and then and then what we do with other people's attention once we've got it. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I mean, I, I always think about attention because that's our job. If we, we test our movies to see where people are, we film them, literally seeing if they're checking their phones or if they're laughing at a joke, and we adjust our movie accordingly or not. Um, I also know that attention doesn't need a reaction. Like, I think we always look for attention, like somebody watching and somebody laughing and somebody crying. But what I've learned is that uh, even if someone's not laughing, they can think something's funny and think something is very enjoyable. And again, we talk a lot about power when I've been doing these movies, like who has the power in the scene? And what I've also learned from Michael Caine, who, you know, he was doing this scene where he has to like be intimidating. And I kept being like, like maybe, maybe give more. Like it's not, maybe just like step up to him. And he's like, John, he's like real power doesn't have to go anywhere. They come to you. Mm. Real power is quiet. And so I'm just going to sit here and stare go. at him. And it was the most like <laughs> a scary thing for him to say to me because he literally just stood there and stared at me. But two, when you see him do it, <laughs> you understand that more mm. than anything. There's, there's confidence. And, and I think confidence is actually one of the biggest attention getters is because confidence doesn't demand anything from you. It'll earn it from you in time if if you want it to, and but that it's that it's gone through stuff that you can't even see on first glance, and you won't know unless you're there. That's really timely, especially you know I've been thinking a lot about how, in kind of the biggest global sense of power, how America can be more credible, and you know we've got a president who clearly his understanding of power, uh, his concept of strength is kind of the the loudmouth guy at the end yeah, of the bar, yeah. right? Uh, who's usually not the the most powerful figure yes. <laughs> that you're seeing, which is what we learn in you know metaphor. grade school. So it's a very uh, confusing right. <laughs> thing. I, I think yeah. that like he is a storyteller. He is one of the best storytellers because he won't let it go and he'll drive it, and he commits to his stories. When I think about what is America and what do we want America to be, in a way, it's like. What is our story? We have, I thought I knew our story. I was told my story over and over and over again. And suddenly I'm being told that that's not the story. And I just think usually it's the president that when they become president is the only one actually capable of saying, hey, we're all on the same page. All these differences are there. We all have them. It'll go over away over time, but this is like a process, but we're, we're all together. And you know, when the president doesn't, uh, doesn't actually uh, walk that line, I thought, I always thought the president was not that powerful of a figure. What I think, uh, what I've learned is, oh, that figure is extremely powerful, but not in the ways that we think, not in the policy ways, policies come and go, but in this idea of what is the story of America right now? And what is the story that we're telling our children right now? That is like immensely powerful that I didn't know. You know, as you think about the story, 
that you want your kids to grow up into? What do you want the story to be that they would be able to tell looking back on the years we're about to go into? That's a hard question because I feel like that's what I'm going through right now when I see my daughter and my son, who's one and three, and trying to, it's sort of the greatest pitch I've ever had to do was pitch them on what the world is. And I don't know what the world is. But I think the main thing that I am trying to instill in them is the world doesn't exist in a story. There's no beginning, middle, and end. It just keeps going. And maybe the biggest con of stories and movies is that there is some sort of happy ending at the end. No, it's like, it is a constant wave and we're always fixing things and it's messy and it's complicated. And you think you have one answer and then you experience some things and you realize maybe there's another answer. To me, I want them to know that it, it's always going to be messy, but to be em empathetic to where everyone comes from, to be kind and also to know that they have power themselves to help people around them. To me, that's, that's the only thing we really can do. If I think about the decade ahead, which as you know is the theme of this podcast, I can't help but imagine what could happen in film, in John's case, in politics, in mine, in whatever your field is, if we all thought more about how to use each of our passions and talents and our curiosity in the service of something we care about in the world. And along the way, I think we will continue to find better ways to elevate and amplify the journeys of those who are overlooked, underestimated, and undervalued, as John has. Like John said, the world doesn't exist in a story. It's not that tidy. There's no simple beginning, middle, and end. And yet there are turning points in the real world, just like in a book or a film. And we know we're living in one of those moments. It means that everything we choose to do right now shapes the entire rest of the story, our story, as individuals and as a country. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. 
Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences, with fewer people, and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited-time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.